Hello, and thanks for joining us for this episode of Her Gavel, a podcast where we shatter the glass ceiling for women in law. I'm your host, Stephanie Watchman, and I've been coaching and training women attorneys all over the world for nearly a decade. Women lawyers, no matter where they are in their careers, face many challenges, frustrations, and some fantastic opportunities. On this podcast, I'll be interviewing experts to cover many of the issues I get asked about, like managing stress, career growth, law firm leadership, self-confidence, business development, and even planning for retirement. My goal is to provide you with the tools and tips you need for your own professional growth. And now, let's get on with the show. Hey everybody, I'm glad that you're here today. We have a really special guest. Her name is Miranda Vieira. I've known her for a number of years and she's really gonna walk you through how to market yourself, how to update your bio, um, how to find a way to get recognition for yourself as a lawyer. But before I jump in, let me tell you a little bit about who she is. So Miranda is the owner of Denver Legal Marketing and she is one of the most visible legal professionals in Colorado law with over 20 years of service in the Denver legal community. Her award-winning marketing firm has earned a strong reputation as the go-to for impactful, cost-effective legal marketing strategies. She's helped her clients secure coverage by well-known publications and has obtained local, national, and international awards on their behalf. Miranda enjoys working with solo practitioners and small law firms, helping them attract recognition, promotion, and visibility to their practices. And she also advises medium-sized and national law firms on business development and marketing strategy. If you'd like to get more information about Miranda and her company, visit www.denverlegalmarketing.com. And now let's get on with the show. So thanks for joining us today, Miranda. I'm really excited to be able to talk with you. As you know, I'm a huge fan of yours and I know that you have a ton to share. Uh, Thank you again for having me. I'm excited. Uh, to share some knowledge today with your listeners. Well, let's get started because we, you know, when I was doing your intro, I was telling everybody about your marketing business and the fact that you really understand social media and LinkedIn and everything else like that. And I know that you work with a lot of attorneys and you work with a lot of women attorneys, especially. What do you think are the biggest obstacles that female attorneys face in marketing themselves? Yeah, I think at least in my experience, and I've been in law for about 23, 24 years at this point, um, I would I would say that a lot of women attorneys self-sabotage uh, when it comes to personal promotion, marketing, branding, things like that. I think that we're, we're conditioned in, uh, from a pretty young age to not, you know, pat ourselves on the back, toot our own horn, support everybody, you know, kind of be inclusive, be female about it. Um, And I think what ends up happening is uh, in business development and in marketing, sometimes you have, if you don't tell people what you're up to, what you're doing, what's amazing, no one will ever know. And so that would probably be the first thing um, that I would suggest about women in in marketing is kind of just the self-sabotage of you've got to get over it. And if you can't delegate it and hire somebody else to do it. Well, that's a really good point. But like, how do you know if you're self-sabotaging? Yeah, I think, I think at least um, from what I have seen is uh, 
people will be a little bit nervous to post on LinkedIn. They feel, for example, they'll feel that it's boastful or um, that they're spamming or that it feels, you know, just kind of out of character. And, and I get it. I think that there's a dance and there's a balance. Um, but some of these things, especially when we're talking about uh, social media products like LinkedIn, you, you have to be social on social media or else it just won't happen. Uh, so that's probably the easiest example. I think the second one would always be not, um, not kind of having a game plan for their own career credentialing. And that yeah, I, I have to say that's a big, like, I wanted to just jump onto something that you said about, you know, being nervous to post on LinkedIn because I do social media for myself all the time and I'm so uncomfortable posting anything personal about myself. I just posted something about mountain biking and having some balance in your life. And it was like, I felt honestly, exactly what you said. I felt like I was spamming. I felt like it was off brand. And then I'm like, what is my brand? So if you're like a, an attorney, how do you even know what your brand is? And it was weird because I had all the things that you mentioned, I was feeling that and I just went with it anyways. And I was really uncomfortable. Yeah. I. And, and just the same as, as starting anything else that's new or outside of kind of your comfort zone, it will feel like that, um, at least yeah. for the, the first few times. And then when you figure out what the cadence is, what, what feels comfortable with you or for you um, to post on social media, it does, it does get a little easier. So I, I will say that um, for a female attorney, when it comes to posting um, kind of when, when it just kind of comes to posting online and on LinkedIn in particular, I would suggest yeah. that you follow an 80-20 balance. So, um, okay. so a couple of things. Number one is that LinkedIn, um, LinkedIn suggests that if you post Monday through Friday, and that's a lot, once a day, five days a week, um, nine to five kind of normal business banking law firm hours, that you will reach 60% of your followers. Now that is more reach than any amount of daily coffees, lunches, phone calls, Zoom calls, texting that you can ever do when it comes to spreading the influence of your brand and, and just kind of keeping top of mind. So um, number one is making sure that, that you are posting it frequently. I wouldn't say that you have to necessarily post five days a week, but I think frequently, meaning two to three times a week would be ideal. The 80-20 mix is this. 80% of what you post is about your law practice. It's about how you help and serve. It's about the legal problems that you um, prevent or you help people through, guide them through, things like that. It's educational, it's informative, but it's building up your what, what to refer to you, basically. And then that 20% can be what you were talking about just now, something that's either sales, something that's personal, something that's behind the scenes. So it's right. you on a mountain bike talking about balance. It's, it's also maybe one post about, you know, did you know I'm accepting clients in the following areas? Um, congratulations to me. I'm humbled and honored to be named a super lawyers this year. That's at 20%. 80% of what you post actually has very little to do with you personally. So it, it shouldn't feel like such a weird uh, exercise, it, it should feel like you're doing a service to the community. You're pushing out information that will be helpful to them. I have a lot of the attorneys that I work with um, have a really hard time with LinkedIn in terms of 
their pictures, their bios, their um, statements, their work histories. I mean, it it's, runs the gamut. And again, I'm not an expert in this area at all, but I, but you are. So like, what do you see, first of all, that everyone or a lot of attorneys do wrong and what should they do better? Oh, I love this one. All right. So, <laughs> Here we go. All right. So let's roast it. So first things first would be the photos. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of times lawyers just kind of recycle whatever headshot they have from their law firm biography page or, you know, kind of whatever photo that they've been using. Yes. For a long time. So I think like when they had, when they had like long hair, now they have short hair and exactly. but they have still a long hair picture. Exactly. And I think people get in general, people get attached to when they felt their best, right? So that's the music they listen to. That's the hairstyle they stick with clothes. Same thing with photos. People stick with that 20 year old photo that no longer looks like them. And they put that thing on LinkedIn and it's a disaster. Here's why they people. Um, I feel like when you are presenting yourself on LinkedIn, it would be fair to present who will actually be sitting across the table from them, who they're actually referring matters to if, if you're looking for attorney to attorney referrals or anything like that. So number one, there's that, of, of that, that feels more fair, um, you know, to, to just be, uh, what's the best word, kind of um, just a little bit more updated in, right. in how you're presenting yourself. Um, I do see going back to how photos are recycled. When we're talking about LinkedIn, the background for the photo should be white or light. And that's that's the out, that's LinkedIn telling us that. That's what looks best on their platform. So they give us that pretty much completely upfront. So when I'm working with lawyers and law firms, what I do when we're doing headshots, I will always ask a photographer to take a LinkedIn photo, which is different. It's not, you know, mug shot up against, you know, right. white. Doesn't have to be like that, but right. um, you know the background looks a little bit differently. Um, another one would be to wear the clothes that you wear in the normal course of work. So if we shouldn't see any tank tops, we shouldn't see any wet hair. I should. Do you really have you seen that? Have and I ha I should not also see, you know, pictures of other people's arms cropped out and things like that. This should be an intentional exercise. Put you know next time you have photos taken. Just take a LinkedIn one with a light or a white background of you looking how you do in the normal course of business. Um, so photos are a big one. The second one would be um, probably the headline, I think is a missed opportunity. It's super important real estate on your LinkedIn profile. They just upped it. You used to have about 120 characters and I think they doubled it. It's right around maybe about 240, 220, 240 characters. And LinkedIn works in characters. Every single time you press that keyboard, that comes off of your character count. So if you're a person that likes a period with two spaces, that comes off of your character count. Your headline is what appears underneath your photo. Right. So rather than saying associate attorney at X, Y, and Z, if unless somebody's looking for associate attorney at X, Y, and Z, you are buried. So you want to say trial lawyer slash right. uh you know, maybe the states or the places that you practice in slash, you know, award winning, whatever you want to put in there, but, but put keywords in there. That's important real estate on your profile. It's super searchable on and off of that platform. So be intentional too about what you put in your headline. Okay. And then finally, I would just say the summary statement is probably the last area and that's 2000 characters 
and that's me sitting across from you, Stephanie, as you're, you're the person that I want to refer to me, or you're my potential client. What do you need to know about my law practice in first person? Why I, why I'm different, why I, um, why I stand out from my competition, why my results are different, my client services are different, why I even started doing this in the first place. All of right. that type of stuff, that's what should be in your summary statement. It should not be just a cut and paste of your third person law firm bio. And I see that a lot, but I also hear from lawyers all the time, and I know I'm sure you do, is that they don't really believe in social media marketing, that they don't really think that anything will come of LinkedIn and what's the point anyway. And I never get around to it. Like I just, ne right? I never get around to it. It's like bottom of the list of importance. So where would you rank that on, you know, importance for business development? To me, it's a no brainer. And that's for B2B and B2C lawyers. And, and that's because about 90% of the lawyers in our country, so 90% of the 1.3 million lawyers in our country have LinkedIn profiles. They are on there, not only to get in front of business people, but, but to, sh to refer to each other. So right. again, it's one of those ways to stay top of mind, even when you're busy even when you're sick or you're on maternity leave, whatever. It's one of those easy ways just to kind of keep your practice top of mind. So that would be one of them. But the other, you know, kind of real reason is, can I ever tell a lawyer um, that the, the ROI, the return on um, their presence on LinkedIn will be one-to-one? -one? For instance, if you make three posts one week, you're going to get three new client leads. Right. That is not the way this works. It will never be the way this works. Right. So, um, you know, I think making sure that the expectations of how this is a tool for BD, it's a tool for, for marketing or, you know, advertising or personal branding, whatever you're using it for. It's just one thing to augment what you're already up to. That being said, LinkedIn is, um, I can just speak from my own experience as an entrepreneur. It's one of the only social media platforms that I use to market my business. It's how I've grown it throughout the country. If you use it correctly um, and also consistently, it, it really does work to really spread the influence. I think that's great advice. And again, this is something that it, it just bugs me a lot when I'm, when I'm working with attorneys because as soon as I get a new client, I'll always check them out on LinkedIn and I'll always, a lot of the time, be very disappointed. I'm like, come on. Okay, let's start, let's start with getting you, you know, at least something right on, on LinkedIn because I, again, I see that as a big missed opportunity. We also talked when we were having our pre-podcast conversation, we talked a lot about, you know, being your own advocate, especially as a female lawyer. And you, you mentioned this earlier in terms of, you know, don't self-sabotage yourself, promote yourself. But what else do you have to say about that? Because I know you have a lot. <laughs> oh, I got a lot. I know. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> so, so there's a lot to unpack here. I think that um, when when women attorneys, especially kind of ones that are a little bit kind of newer to the practice, I would say you know maybe eight years or younger, or yeah. young eight years or or less. Yeah. Um, I see, I see a lot of, I don't know how, I don't know how they see, I see a lot of people saying, I really like and admire X, Y, and Z's practice. But what they don't realize is that didn't happen by chance. Um, you know, you really do have to be intentional about what kind of CV, what kind of, um, you know, background, what all of that, that you want to create for your practice in order for it to stand out from competitors. Okay. And so 
you know, what we're talking about here is potentially kind of a, a third party, like almost a third party validation of your practice. What are you going to be known for? And you need to be really intentional about that. And just when I'm working with lawyers, we reverse engineer the goal. So if they want to end up as a motivational speaker, if they want to end up as a judge, if they want to end up as, you know, the owner of the most amazing law firm in the whole world, that's the end goal, but that doesn't happen without lots of little steps to get there. And part of that is through credentialing. And so you can really use, um, you know, third-party credentialing in lots of different ways to kind of underline, underscore, add exclamation points to your practice, why you are the best, why the top of the top, you've reached that 10,000 hours that Malcolm Gladwell says we we need in order to be an expert in what we're, we're interested in. So um, that's done differently for every single type of lawyer, but some ideas. You can do that through, um, you know, writing engagements. If you like to write, that's, that's kind of an easy option for people that are not so extroverted. Uh, easy also for people that, that are extroverted would be speaking engagements and kind of lunch and learns and things like that, that adds to your CV. So you want to make sure every time you're writing or you're speaking or anything like that, that it's um, in line with what you like to do or what you get paid for is, is essentially it. I mean, if, if you do not practice in veterinary laws, you, you should not be writing about it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that simple. And then, and then likewise, you can also use awards. And that's what we were talking about too, is kind of that queen making um, stuff that you can do with that. And a lot of lawyers don't understand how other lawyers, not only they have these six page CVs, you know, that, that, that just doesn't happen by chance. Same with these awards that back up the amazing law practice that they have. Oftentimes, um, lawyers don't even know to keep their own editorial calendar when it comes to award cycles and things like that. Lawyers that at larger firms, like you know, a lot of your audience probably is, um, they have BD teams, they have marketing teams. Those people are probably keeping these award calendars for them or editorial calendars. If they aren't, do it yourself. Find out when Super Lawyers is due. Find out when. Um, best lawyers in America. Martindale Hubble can be done any day of the week uh, if you wanted an AV rating. Um, Chambers USA runs on a very specific schedule. Uh, if you see something that you want to do the research, figure out how, how, um, how their, uh, I guess, how their nomination process works, what you need to submit. Sometimes their attachments, sometimes they're huge kind of, um, that's the right word. They're just huge um, exercises to get right. you on these, and, and it can't be done in a week. So, so think far, think ahead, do this, you know, once a year and be really intentional about, you know, by the end of the year, I want six awards in trial practice. I want six awards in criminal defense. I mean, that is doable when you have um, goals. Well, I think what you're saying is really true in that don't let your career happen to you right? Just don't let it just happen. Think about it. What do I want to achieve? And it can change year to year, but at least have some goals set up that you're letting you know, oh yeah, if I, if I don't write these articles, if I don't submit for these awards, then for sure I'm not going to get them. And next year will be exactly the same as this year. And I'll still be frustrated that I'm not moving ahead or not getting what I, what I really want out of my career. Just yeah. 
think about it. And I think that that's a miss for, for many, especially young attorneys. You're, they're so busy just trying to be good attorneys that they don't always understand how to develop themselves. So hopefully this information helps them figure that out a little, a little, a little bit more, just a little bit. Oh, and I'm glad I, I'm just going to add a little footnote to this because yeah. the attorney, the young attorney um, award kind of cycle, you know, king making, queen making type of thing. That's different um, yeah. because you're right. I think a lot of younger lawyers are just, you know, and, and rightly so they consider the the partners, the owners of the law firm. That's their first kind of audience for their right. practice. And that's true. But uh, being a good lawyer at your law firm is not going to get you these awards. So, so you do need to do business development. You do need to be out in the community. You need to do pro bono work. You need to, to really fill out your own kind of dance card because just billing a gazillion hours and putting your head, that is not going to get you any of this. So I, I'm glad you mentioned that because you're, you're absolutely right. No, it's really, it is really true. And also I speak with a lot of attorneys who they don't necessarily know that they want to be attorneys when they grow up, you know, they might be practicing, they might be 20 years in and say, you know, I, what you said, I, I want to become a motivational speaker now, or I want to go into business or whatever else it is. But if you don't give some thought to it, you end up frustrated later on in, in your career. You absolutely do. So I think those are really valuable points that you make. Now, you know, I wrote a book on time management. It's something that matters to me, but I've heard you speak to this and I want you to say it again. So I'm totally, I'm totally <laughs> prompting you here. I don't have enough time to do any of this. I'm too busy. Okay. Right. <laughs> no, I know. So, you know, when I, when I hear that, um, you know, the most successful lawyers that I've ever known uh, really do view their law practice, regardless if they own it, regardless if they're a partner in someone else's law practice, they, they work it like their own little business. And, and it is that sort of kind of deliberate activity that you have to do in order to put your own oxygen mask on and do your own business development, your own personal marketing, whatever it's going to be. So what I really you know, when I hear I don't have enough time, what I, what I end up doing is just kind of breaking down what goes in to that kind of BD promotional marketing, personal marketing bucket, because a lot goes in there and chances are they're already spending time doing some of it, mm -hmm. just aren't getting them, giving themselves enough credit. So, um, I always, I always kind of couch it like this. I like to work with lawyers that have about four hours a week on, personal marketing, business development, whatever they want to do. And a lot goes into that bucket, but uh, just the same as if they decide, just say, if I said, Stephanie, you and I are going to the gym four hours a week and in a year, you and I are going to look amazing. And that's the same thing when it comes to your business development and your personal marketing or your personal branding, whatever you're going to do. If you commit to it and you knock out every single week, things on your goal, or uh, things off of your goal in a year from now, things are a lot differently. So the, the, I don't really have time for it. It's hard because you have, you have to treat it like your own little business. Even when I'm tired, I still, I still work on my business. Even when I'm grouchy, I still work on my business. But that's how you I, talk I about entrepreneurship, right? It's like when you're an attorney now, you're also an entrepreneur and you have to think about it like that too. Yep, you're totally right. Yeah, that's a that's that's true that you that you bring that up because um, the excuses not having enough time, it just gets in the way of your own success ultimately. Yeah.
Yeah. I mean, and that's a self sabot that's a self-sabotaging behavior. So if you have, if you plan to put four hours a week, maybe you do one hour a day, maybe right. 45 minutes a day. Maybe you do it all. I have some lawyers that do it all on Saturday, all on Sunday, or they have marketing Mondays. You get to decide the cadence of it, but you have to, you have to be intentional. Put that on your calendar. Right. You know, do so, something to block out the time. Put so on your calendar and don't cancel it because it's easy to cancel it. Right. I see that. <laughs> yeah. But I also think, you know, taking baby steps is a good it's a good start, because if you just jump in to say, OK, you have to do four hours like people will sit there and go, I don't even know where to start. So if you say, OK, well, let's just start with sending one LinkedIn invite or something small <laughs> just to kind of get the ball rolling yeah, and right. build up. It helps a lot, too. I can definitely see that. So the last thing I wanted to ask you about and just in your experience is like, what do you see? of the most successful women attorneys who have either great practices or great firms, what do you see as the secret of their success and, and the women that you've worked with? That's interesting. I think it's it's a blend of, of kind of tenacity and passion. Yeah. Um, those are kind of the things that keep them going. I've seen a lot of fantastic lawyers drop out of the legal industry right around childbearing age and things like that. And the only thing that really sucks them back that brings them back in is the fact that they're, they're doing their life's work, you know, that, that they have that passion and that fire. Um, that, that really, that really is it. And it only intensifies when your name's on the door or when you have, you know, some skin in the game, when you're a partner, things like that. So, um, you know, those really are the most successful lawyers that I've ever met. And what's really neat is the majority of the most successful female lawyers I've ever met are some of the most generous when it comes to supporting other women. They mentor, to hear that. They mentor, they, um, they, they, if somebody asks them for advice, they do it. They, I mean, it's, it's really neat uh, to see how that, that aspect of leadership actually pairs up with success. I love to hear that because so often you always hear like, oh, well, I had to scrape my way to get to the top, so you will too. But it's really nice to hear that. Um, that's what you're seeing now. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm hopeful that that mentality kind of loosens a bit too, as kind of the, the, the experience of female lawyers in law changes. I think, a, a, you know, 10, you know, may, maybe even longer than that, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, it, when female lawyers had to kind of mirror men. And right, I think exactly. now that, that, you know, we're talking in 2021, it's okay to be you. It's okay to say, I have kids, they're sick, I'm leaving. <laughs> you know, it's okay to kind of draw boundaries that probably weren't acceptable um, years ago. So hopefully some of that kind of unnecessary meanness maybe toward other women lawyers is, is gonna leave too. I hope so. I mean, I just remember it even from my own experience in the corporate world where, I don't know, like you said, like 20 years ago, one of my bosses was a woman and I was doing big global work and business development. And she was like, she had two kids and I had a new baby and she was so mean to me. And I had just had a new baby and I, I don't care. I had to do it. You get on a plane and fly and I'm like pumping and like, you know, the airport bathroom, because at those days they didn't even have nursing state rooms. Like just, it's, it was so frustrating. And it's so nice to hear that today things are changing. I think they are. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely seeing it. And I, and I don't think that, that um, it's at the expense of 
being less qualified, of being right. less, less of anything. I think it's really neat to see that kind of inclusive nature of like, you know, we're in this together. That's <laughs> it. Let's help each other out. I love that. I love that. So in the last few minutes that we have, I love to do two tips in two minutes or two tools in two minutes. So on that note, basically, this is about helping um, the women that are listening to this podcast walk away with actionable tools that they can put into practice right away. So do you have anything to share? Well, I have lots to share. <laughs> I think number one, probably my first tip would be to be social on social media. I think that sounds that sounds a lot easier um, than it probably is for a lot of people. I think you can start small, like you said too, of just like send out a send out a, a, a request, a connection request. But I also think, you know, when you're thinking about it, don't just think about yourself of what, what you're going to do to make your audience bigger. You can like, you can share, you can comment, you can be supportive of other women on social media too, that that really matters. And so um, where you can do that. And I think it takes two seconds to be almost like a good neighbor on social media. Um, and then the other thing would be, would probably be to be intentional. I, I, I like to work with lawyers um, and get, get a wish list out of them. Mm -hmm. And it's really neat to be able to be vulnerable with yourself and say, look, I want, I want to be in the top 10 super lawyers. I want to be in the top 50 women, super lawyers. I want best lawyers in America. I want some of the business journal awards, whatever it is, be vulnerable, put that down. That doesn't mean you have a huge ego. That doesn't mean you're self-centered. That means you're motivated. That means that you're watching out for yourself and then reverse engineer those goals. What did it, what do you need in order on your CV in order to get that type of award? Um, what are the deadlines associated with the award? Who else do you know that has received that award that might be able to shed some light on it? So, um, those are probably my two tips in two minutes on, uh, profession on just business development and marketing. I think that's great. And I love, I love what you said about, you know, being social on social media. I, you don't think about it, right? You just think social media, but you don't think about the fact that it is to be social, to be on there. You gotta feed that monster or else it doesn't work. <laughs> well, I know I'm learning that. I am learning that. And, I, and about being intentional. You've given some great thoughts today, some great tips. I really appreciate your time and your knowledge. And if anybody wants to learn more about you or your business, how can they find you on the social media? <laughs> so mine's pretty simple. It's just Miranda Vieira. My name is spelled with an E, M-E-R-A-N-D-A. -E My last name is V as in Victor, I-E-Y-R-A. So I'm on there. And um, that's probably the easiest way. Everything's run through my personal one, not through the business. Well, and you can also find her on our show notes where we'll have a link to her website and her LinkedIn profile. And thank you so much for your time, for your energy and for the gifts that you've given us today. Thank you. Thank you, Stephanie. I hope you have a great afternoon. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Her Gavel. Make sure to subscribe and rate us. For our show notes and information on upcoming episodes, visit our website at hergavel.com. And if you'd like more information about coaching, training, or any of my books, please send email to stephanie at hergavel.com. Be sure to stay tuned for our next episode of Her Gavel, where we will continue to shadow the glass ceiling for women in law.